Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us Weekly Standard is Mark Hemingway, who has a new piece on Donald Trump and uh, his uh, latest to brouhaha. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thanks again for having me. It's always my pleasure. And you're always, you seem so enthusiastic about talking about Donald Trump yet <laughs> again. You make a different point about Trump's comments about the uh, judge from Indiana with Mexican right. roots and the comments about could a Muslim judge me. You say this isn't Trump just going too far or crossing the line. It's more than that. Well, the big problem here is, you know, Trump's had a lot of success just being Trump. You know, he goes out there and he wings it and says what he thinks and people love it or whatever. But the problem is, is once he crosses any sort of line, that requ- now that he's the party standard bearer, that requires everyone else in the Republican Party to end up having to defend Trump. And that's a real problem. Well, I, I don't understand. He's been Trump the whole time. Newt Gingrich and Paul Ryan surely knew what they were signing up for when they said, I'm going to endorse this guy, right? Right. Well, you would you would hope so. But, you know, it, it was I think it was entirely predictable that we'd end up in the situation. So right now, Ted Strickland is running against Rob Portman for Senate in Ohio, is blasting Portman because he's endorsed Trump. But at the same time, Portman has had to come out and um, condemn Trump for his comments about this Mexican judge because he, or sorry, judge with American judge with Mexican heritage. Let's be very clear on that point. Um, because he thinks, you know, he doesn't want to alienate Latino voters and he, and he may even personally object to it. Um, so that's in a very difficult position to sustain where, oh, I support the nominee. I just don't support all the things that he's saying. And then there's an added wrinkle to that, which is that there's a Supreme Court vacancy right now, and Republicans have thus far staved off from having to appoint, you know, Obama's, you know, just uh, the, the person he's nominated to be next justice because um, uh, because they are counting on Trump or a Republican to win the election. Well, how can you trust tr- Trump's judgment on judges now? Um, you're you're going to tell people like, oh, well, I, I'm supporting Trump because he'll appoint, you know, good Supreme Court nominees. You can't do that. Well, sure you can. They'll be, you know, all. White golf players. What's the? Pro- I don't know. What is the problem? Are you saying that a white golf player can't be the next judge? Right. Well, again, that's the problem, uh, and that's where we're getting this this issue. Where there was CNN actually did a report today where they talked to a bunch of Republican poobahs and fundraisers, and and they said that like like this is just becoming a problem because if the whole party can't get behind Trump and support him, then it's going to cause all kinds of problems. If you want to get really liberal Supreme Court justices. Supporting Trump going in a tirade against, you know, uh, Latino judges and then having him lose in November because he's so thoroughly alienated Latino voters by 10 points and Republicans lose the Senate and Hillary gets in there and gets a complete rubber stamp for whoever she wants because a Democratic Senate is in place. Uh, That's how you end up with a liberal Supreme Court in, in a way that would be truly terrifying. You know, the question a lot of people would ask is, is anyone surprised that Donald Trump would say this stuff and then double down on it again? And my answer is no. I mean, if you had to bet on Trump's behavior in the past, this is exactly what I would have bet would have happened. And my question for you, Mark, is does anyone honestly believe he's going to get better in the next six months of a heated campaign getting bashed every day by the press and by Hillary Clinton? Is he going to rein it in and grow a thick skin and say, oh, don't worry, from now on I'll be Mr. Politically Correct? Well, that was the big hope. But the problem was it was always a gamble. I mean, do you, you know, do you rally around Trump and try and unite the party? Because if you don't do that, then, you know, the whole party could fall apart. Or do you back this guy who's going to sabotage the whole party? I mean, you, you, it's kind of a, a very, you know, horrible choice, you know, uh, to, to, to have to predict which is the way that which of those paths is going to do the most damage to the party. Well, the Republicans that you talk to, uh, you know, particularly the ones who are either working on campaigns, you know, involved in in 
Republican policy, do they really believe that there is a, quote, good Trump waiting to come out and that if only they could work with him a little bit, give him some guidance that the good Trump will come out? Because as a just a guy watching politics, not an expert in any, by any stretch, I have yet to see any good Trump. Right. Well, I think what they were hoping is that uh, because Trump is, well, privately seems more liberal than he has acted at certain points during the um, Republican primary, where he was forced to the right in certain things, that once he got into the general, he no longer had to prove anything to Republican voters necessarily, then maybe he would just you know come off as more moderate. However, the Trump University case kind of exposes the real problem with Trump, which is that it's personal. OK, my my conspiracy theory here is that Trump is really taking this 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 fraud case badly because he's worth a lot less money than he claims he is. And a case like this could, you know, result in hundreds of millions of dollars in terms of a, a settlement and could possibly end up bankrupting Trump for the you know fourth time or whatever it is. So I think that that's just something about this case that is very deeply personal for Trump. And uh, that is what is causing him to sort of like lose his mind. And it just also shows you can't trust him because it's personal, not ideological. What about the argument that Trump supporters and they are out there working away, make two cases. One is that Trump's attacks on the judge from Indiana aren't about him being a Mexican. They're about the fact that he was a member of a Latino judicial group, that he had been honored by La Raza or had some you know, connection to La Raza, and therefore it was that specific you know, issue. And then the second part, their claim that, well, Trump is just going to keep fighting, and because he's going to keep fighting and staying aggressive, none of these individual blows will truly land. You know what I mean? He's going to yeah. be throwing so many fists that four days from now we'll move on to something else, and no one will really remember. And all that's going to be left is kind of this virtual image of Trump that some Latino voters and some black voters and some women voters can still like because they're more worried about the economy or something else. Those are the two strategies. Mark, are they solid? I don't think so. Um, on the first point, I would say this. One is there's a lot of judges that have various political affiliations, and there are all kinds of problems you encounter whenever you deal in any situation. But you know that's just the way our system is, and you have to deal with that. Um, and at the same time, there's nothing about this Trump University case that is particularly political once you subtract Trump from it. I mean, it's a fairly straightforward fraud case, and it looks to me like the people complaining about it have a pretty good case. I'm not going to sit here and listen to you besmirch <laughs> The reputation of Trump University. You know how Michigan is the Harvard of the West? Right. Trump University is the Harvard of the Hotel Conference Center. And I'm very <laughs> proud of my affiliations with Trump U. So, so what about the I'm just going to keep throwing punches and the, in other words, the fight itself is going to be what the election's about. Not the details of the fight, but the fact that he fights and that he's going to give people something to rally around. So I don't know if you um, there was a po- saw this, but there was a piece in the Washington Post uh, just a couple of days ago. And just in general, if you've watched cable news for the last week, it has been all Trump you all the time. And, and the piece in the Washington Post I referred to specifically made the point of saying, gosh, it seems like now that Trump's the nominee, the media seems to have consolidated and turned against them. And it's like, who could have possibly seen that coming? It's almost like they wanted to be the nominee because they knew that he would destroy the Republican Party and make it easy for Hillary to win. Um, so that, uh, I think, has been in, entirely predictable. And I don't think that you can count on Trump's uh, ability to earn 
earn media and get on TV all the time to save him at, at this point in time. Uh, it's, the, 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 you know, he can, you know, make all the kinds of distractions in the world. But uh, the reality is, is that the media is, is, is not necessarily going to do him any favors from here on out. When the first graduate from Trump University achieves a Supreme Court, Mark Hemingway, <laughs> I will remember this conversation. Thanks for joining us for the podcast. Thanks again. Glad, glad to be here. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.